Welcome to Talking Tax, a Bloomberg Tax podcast. Today, we're diving into U.S. tax court decisions, what's behind a drop in opinions for the second quarter, plus trends that attorneys should know about. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. Hi, I'm joined today by Bloomberg Tax legal editor Carolina Vargas and Bloomberg Tax reporter Courtney Rosen. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us, Amanda. So the U.S. tax court is a federal trial court dedicated to hearing disputes between taxpayers and the Internal Revenue Service. Today, we're talking about tax court decisions from the second quarter of this year. Carolina, tell us what you found when you analyzed the second quarter decisions. So the major takeaway we found during our analysis was that the U.S. tax court released 46 percent fewer memorandum and division opinions this quarter compared to the same period last year. So last year they had well over 100 memorandum and division opinions, while this quarter we only had 49. So Carolina, were there any other reasons besides a lack of resources at the IRS that might explain the decrease in the decisions? Sure. Uh, Practitioners also told us that there could be a correlation between the four current vacancies on the court that could explain why there were um, such fewer cases this quarter. So there's just fewer people to decide the cases as well. Yes, absolutely. So right now, there are four current vacancies. Uh, The Finance Committee voted June 28th to approve the nominations of two of the nominees, but the next action would be uh, a vote by the full Senate. So Courtney, one of the other things that you found was that business deductions seem to play a big role in the decisions that you analyzed this last quarter. Can you talk more about that? What did you find? Yes, so what we did is we looked at the issues that were at stake in these cases this quarter. And one of the ones that popped up the most was business deductions. And when we're talking about a business expense deduction, we mean is a company categorizing something that they're spending money on as a business expense or is it something that could be a personal expense? Um, And that was really the issue that was at stake in the tax court this quarter. Um, I talked to a couple of practitioners, and what they said to me is a reason why business expense deduction is popping up so frequently as an issue in these cases is that it's low-hanging fruit. It's something that it's easy for the IRS to spot whether a person is putting their expense in as business when it really should be personal. Um, And another one suggested even that the technology at the IRS might even get better making it easier for them to flag, hey, this is the wrong expense. Courtney, something else you were tracking was representation. Mm -hmm. How the taxpayers were represented before the court, whether they had any representation at all or whether they had represented themselves. What did you find? We found that you're more likely to win when you do have representation. But we also found that there's some cases where the amount of money at stake is low, which means it might be pricier for you to hire representation than it is for you to just pay whatever it is that's at stake. Um, And so very few of the cases that we looked at this quarter were cases that were more than a million dollars at stake. And those cases are the ones that tend to have representation because there is more money at stake. Um, But the ones with less money, less likely to have representation. But overall, you're more likely to win 
from our analysis if you do have representation. So overall, how did taxpayers fare in this last quarter? So not well. Um, when we went and we did our analysis, we found out of the 49 cases, the taxpayer won decisively in only five of those cases. So we saw five cases where the taxpayer won, 33 where the IRS won, and then 11 where they split it, which means the IRS won on some issues um, and the taxpayer won on other issues. So was there anything else that stood out from your analysis, Carolina? So another thing that practitioners told us that stood out during our data collection was that there were a lot of mentions by the court um, of Gray v. Commissioner. This is a 2016 decision which determined that the agency bears the burden of providing evidence of written supervisory approval of the initial penalty determination. So we saw that the court cited um, this specific decision in more than half of the memorandum and division opinions issued. Um, and they expect that we will continue, they said that we will continue to see this specific case mentioned over and over again in the next quarter. Well, I know you'll continue to track these decisions, and we'll be back again in the fall to discuss them further. I'd like to thank Carolina Vargas and Courtney Rosen for joining me today. Thanks for having thank us. You. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to our show on iTunes or SoundCloud. Tune in next time for even more analysis on the tax news of the day. From the nation's capital, I'm Amanda Icone.